Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Robcast. And we are here in the our kitchen, and I am here with the number one raw vegan chocolatier in the world, Amy Levin. Welcome. Thank you very much. <laughs> do, do people often describe you as the number one raw vegan chocolatier? No, that's the first time. That's a lot of words. It's usually the world's leading raw chocolatier. Oh, the world's leading raw chocolatier. Raw chocolatier. Correct. Do you have competition? Um. Is there how many raw chocolatiers? There, are, there are some. There are. Yeah. Okay, so let's establish what we're dealing with. If I'm like on a road trip with the family, yeah, and we stop at a gas station, and there's like a little shelf next to the cash register, and it's like Kit Kats and Rolos. You need to go to a what, new gas station. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not talking about that. No, we're not talking about that. So we're talking about taking that and, well, in a lot of cases, we're talking about taking those fundamental candy bars that everybody knows and loves and making them so that they're healthy. Healthy. Which you can do, which, I, which is what I do and teach people to do. So when I was at your place in London, your, your flat kitchen was like set up like a school almost. Like a, yeah. And people come from all over the world to London so that you can teach them how to make this stuff. Correct, Amundo. And why do they, what are people looking for when they come to learn raw chocolate? Um, what they, on the surface, what they're looking for is to learn how to make chocolate because they've toyed around with it for a while in their kitchen or they've read this book or that book and tried these recipes and they really dig it or they've been doing it for five years and now they kind of want to go next level with it, which is generally what happens. Uh, so that's, that's on, the, on the surface, that's what they're coming for. And I think underneath it, generally the, the common thread that I find is that people are coming because they've reached a point in their life where there's, some, there needs, there, there's something more that they're trying to find from their life or trying to develop in their life. And this is, this is sometimes and often the first stop for people in, um, in better eating or, or introducing their friends and family to better eating or to starting a new track in their life in terms of like making this to sell to people or I have nutritionists come to me and say, I want to implement this in my line of like what I do for my work. I want to implement this and teach people how to do this and sell it to people. So it get lots of different types of people. Because somebody is like, oh, I should they come to realize that how you care for your body and what you put into it, I mean, these are deeply spiritual issues because everything is spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a good name. Um, <laughs> but, the, I, but for many people, that means deprivation. Look at all the things I enjoy that I will have to leave behind. Mm -hmm. But I get the sense from your work that the p part of the power of what you do is in the exact moment when people are most like, Oh, if I start taking better care of myself because I'm this integrated being, uh, I'm going to have to leave all of this behind. And you're like, oh, actually, no. It, what, it's interesting that you use the word deprivation because the opposite of that is nourishment. And what I find that people come to me for is de to, because they are deeply unnourished. I think that a lot of us are deeply unnourished. In what sense? In all sense. And, I mean, a nourishment... Uh, on the surface, I think for people is is food. You think of nourishment, you think of okay, what 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 kind of vitamins and minerals do I need to get in my body to feel nourished? But nourishment is like if you think of yourself in the womb when you were a baby, and that what you're getting from your mother isn't just 
the nutrients and vitamins and minerals. You're getting her energy. You're getting all of her feelings. You're getting everything. So it's uh, throughout your entire life. Nourishment is what we surround ourselves with in terms of the people that we spend time with and the support networks that we create for ourselves. And that all supports and nourishes us. It's all a matter of, it's all self-love. It's all taking care of ourselves. But I think where people start on that track is food because it's the most obvious place yes. for nourishment. It's like you were breastfed as a child and that's nourishment. That's what people think of as nourishment. And then this, this, I think, raw vegan sort of sector opens people up or any kind of diet that you start going down, down the route on that's more natural starts you down the, down the line of like, well, what is nourishment in my life? How do I nourish myself? How do I, how do I take care of myself? When I, as an adult, especially, because I don't have my parents to take care of me anymore. Mm-hmm. So what do I do to nourish myself so that I always feel taken care of? Wow. I was thinking about like... And, uh, going way back, like in Jewish culture, they talk about every table is an altar. Mm. That the ho- the holiness and the sacred nurturing of life and nourishment starts in the home at the table with food, which is the most visceral gift from the earth, from the divine, that like allows you even to make it through the rest of the day. Mm. Okay, now let's go back to the gas station chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> so you have the, what, what do you call those? I remember one t- the first time I ate at your place in London, you, you made something... You were like, oh, please, that's conf- it's like confectionery or something. Yeah, they're, it's confectionery. It's, um, I mean, it's... Flavored sugar. It's flavored sugar. It's a candy bar. I mean, it's a candy bar. It's... it's and so what is this, what you're it's doing... It's sugar. Like, and you had made me these custom chocolate bars. Oh, yeah. Which I had eaten by the time I got to customs. Fantastic. When I left London. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't even make it to customs. <laughs> um, what is, what do you make chocolate out of? I do it from everything. So I go from, I mean, if we want to go really ground level here for people who don't know, you know where it comes from. So chocolate starts as a fruit that's like a football that grows off of trees in places like Mexico, Africa, tropical climates. Chocolate is classified as a fruit? Um, It's classified as a seed. It's the seed of a fruit. Did you know this, Kristen Bell? Kristen Kristen Bell is also here in the Bell family kitchen. (laughs) Chocolate begins as a seed of a fruit. Yeah. The size of a football. Yeah. Have you ever been to on a tree? It, I haven't been on a tree. I sound yes, like somebody <laughs> who landed from another planet and is like oxygen in your lungs. Um, have yes. you ever, so have you been to like a chocolate farm? No, but I will. When I go to Australia, I'm going to go. And so it starts as like a football-sized thing. Yep. Then what happens? So in that state, you cut it open, and then inside is cocoa beans, cocoa pods, cacao pods. Uh, beans, and they're surrounded. Wait, did you say cacao or it's, cocoa? It's, cocoa in the raw industry, cocoa is cooked and cacao is raw. Oh she my word, Kristen, Kristen and I have had this ongoing oh, right. discussion about how it's pronounced. Because right. I'm always like cacao, just because I like <laughs> adding an extra syllable in there. You're wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> That's the second time today. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> okay, so. Cocoa. Cacao. Cacao. There you go. Is uncooked. Correct. So then we start there, okay? We start there. Now, there are disputes about if it's really really uncooked or not, but if it's really raw, but that's getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Like in the chocolatearian community, there are different sides. There's... Yeah. Like like liberals, conservatives, or how does it work? Yeah. Raw chocolate's quite um, controversial. Like people who own chocolate companies are very... Uh, skeptical about the whole raw thing. There are only two, apparently only two companies 
that make really raw chocolate, that the chocolate from start to finish is never heated above 42 degrees. Because at some point in the process, so let's just take a step back for a second. So you take the fruit off the tree, you take the, the seeds out of the pod, out of the cacao pod, and then those go one of two ways. If it's going to be raw, they get dried, and then the skin get gets taken off because there's like a little skin that gets formed. And then you get the cacao bean without the skin, and then from there you can make chocolate from it. You grind it up, yada, yada. Let's just go back again for a second. Mm-hmm. In cooked, they take those the seeds out of the fruit, and then they're fermented. During a fermentation process, it naturally heats up, and it heats up over 50, 55 degrees. Uh, sorry, this is this is Celsius. I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Who cares? Uh, so it heats up regardless. So it, it heats up when it ferments, and then and then but 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 the reason for the fermentation process is the development of flavors and a flavor profile in the cocoa when it's cooked, and then it gets roasted, which is another development of the flavor profile in the chocolate. So in raw, it's you know they'll, they'll ferment the beans and then they heat. So it's kind of like this sensitive sort of issue depending on who you talk to got it so when it arrives at your kitchen school in london Mm -hmm. you are buying what i'm buying either i myself i buy paste which is uh have you ever gotten cooking chocolate 100 percent chocolate cooking chocolate yeah yeah that's that's basically like cacao paste. Because when I was a kid, my mom had that for cooking. Yeah. And I was like, no way. We have candy. And I took a bite and was like, That's <laughs> the worst candy it's ever. It's the worst thing. That's like a cruel <laughs> yeah, mom it's prank. A cute, it's a cruel joke. Yeah. Correct. Because sort of, it's just 100% chocolate. There's no sweetener in it. That's why. It's very bitter. And then what do you... So it arrives in chunks? Yeah. I picture like gold bars or what's it? Arrive? You can picture that. That's fine. Okay. Sure. And it arrives. And then what do you do with it? I shave it down with a knife. And I either use a stone grinder, which is a, they can't see my hands. It's a little, it's a little <laughs> machine that just, that turns it up and grinds it over a long period of time. Um, or I use my blender. So in classes, I use a blender because it's fast. I can show people a la minute right then about yeah. how to do it. Um, a stone grinder takes 24 to 100 hours to grind the chocolate. So chocolate that you buy in the shop isn't just made boom, boom. It's ground, like the higher quality of the chocolate, the longer it's ground in, in a stone grinder or, or a, um, a grinding machine of some, ty- of some type. It's 100 hours, 120 hours it's ground for. And then what gets added to it? Uh, well, it depends, you know, depends on the chocolate. If it's a dark chocolate, it's sugar and then uh, possibly a little butter, cocoa butter. Um, and then it depends on the company. They'll add emulsifiers to it, which is a whole other story we won't go into right now. And then if it's milk chocolate, they add the same stuff and then some dairy, uh, milk powder, cream. But you, the stuff you made me had like... That was Boss. That was stone ground chocolate Yeah. that I made from Scratch. Wait, Scratch. That's it. (laughs) 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 Scratch. Yeah, the Scrizzle. That's much better than Scratch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And then what did... Um, and I think I did a little, I did a, your years was a, was a combo platter. It was, it was a dark stone ground chocolate and it was like this milky caramelly kind of chocolate. And I mixed those two together and then I made, because you like peanut, peanuts and, and peanut, I did like a play on peanut butter and jelly and I did like a little brittle that I made with peanuts and freeze dried uh, strawberries. (laughs) And it's unbelievable. Yeah. And Christmas coffee. No dairy. No, no, no. I don't use dairy. And I don't use... The, the, the sugars that I use are like coconut sugar 
um, or xylitol, but generally it's just coconut sugar. Okay, what is the what is the most common surprise or comment that you get from people who come to learn from you? Is there a, what are themes that you pick up on that people again and again are like? I didn't think it'd be like this, or no way. Uh, my family loves it. I, I had no idea my family was gonna love it. I can't believe they love it. Like they go home and they make the stuff, and they're like, "My husband love." They take stuff home and they're like, "My husband won't eat anything I make. He ate this. He loved it." Oh, because they're the they're the one in their whatever tribe is a little nuts. Like you're <laughs> it's going, a little nuts. I mean, you know what I mean. Yes. Like they're the one who's yeah, like yeah. trying to eat raw, trying yeah. to eat vegan, and, and their tribe is like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. Then they go and learn, and their family's thinking, "Oh, great, it's going to taste like the backyard." Correct. And then they make it, and yeah. their family's like, "Wow, well, actually, this How is did great." You do this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fascinating. Now, when you made, uh, you made us this meal uh-huh. when I was there last summer. Yes. It was all raw. Yes. And it was uh, like not raw. That wasn't a raw meal. That wasn't a raw meal. No, that was a Thai meal. I think. Yeah. It was like uh, fireworks. It was like, how did you grow up? Was food a big deal growing up? Like, where did you pick this up? I want to say it was, my dad used to take us, and it's on my website actually, my dad used to take us to, he liked to gamble, slash was an addict, and he used oh, to really? take us with him to, <laughs> he's going to hate hearing that, and he would take us, <laughs> he would take us to like Atlantic City and he would take us to Vegas with him, and he was a, he was a big, he was a big dude, you know, so like big player, like, so they would come A whale. Him. Yeah, yeah, he was as a whale. They say. Well, sort of. Yeah, I guess he was. That's weird to think of him that way. But, uh, so they would comp him in like the best restaurants. So we would eat things like, you would be in one restaurant and they'd be like, you can have anything we want. What do you want? And I'd be like, eggplant parmesan. And then they'd get us a chocolate souffle from like down the street sort of thing. Like they'd make it and they'd bring it over to us. And so we had gourmet food like, like that. And my dad was because always. Because of your dad's gambling. Because, <laughs> yeah, that. But then when we were like, he's always after like the best, like. My brother and I joke, he'll come over to Copenhagen, and my brother will be like, we found a great rib place, you're going to love it. And we'll know that he's going to say, but it's not like Tony's in uh, New York City. Like, he's got his places that he will only go to those places. But in terms of like, <laughs> but now, he won't eat anything I make. Like, he's very picky. Like, he's a steak and potato dude. Like, if he could eat that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, he would. Like, so it's very odd. I don't know where it came from. I mean, culinary school was like... Um, it saved my life, I'm pretty sure. Like, I was on not a very good track in life. And then when I went to culinary school... Why did you go to culinary school? I went to culinary school in high school. So it was part of a... It was like Votech school, which I don't know if you have, like, out in California. Yeah, like a vocational Yeah, technology. but it's part of... So it's part of um, high school. So you'd go half day to high school, and you'd go half day to a vocational school. And we went on a tour to the school one day just to see if I wanted to go kind of thing because I was in, like, emotional support learning classes. And so we went to the tech school and the first stop was the kitchen and it was everybody basically it looked like they were in pajamas sat up on counters shooting the shit you know being whatever <laughs> and i was like this place this no is way. where yeah yeah how this is you? what i'm going to do 16 okay <laughs> this is so interesting to me how many people in their teens there was some tractor beam magnetic pull to something in its most like r- raw undiluted form you walked in and thought, this is my thing. This is my thing because these are my people. Like, you're wearing pajamas, sitting on a countertop, shooting the shit with your teacher, who went to, like, one of the best culinary schools in America. And, yeah, I'm cool to hang here for a while. Like, you smoke, you drink, you do drugs. I'll hang here for a while. And did you know 
right away I have I, I can do I can make food that tastes good? No. I was learning like I was just teaching you knife skills. <laughs> I didn't know how to hold a knife. So in my incompetence, you were reminded of your earliest <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I remember learning in school how to cut. It, I mean, there was. I remember making uh, cream and mushroom soup like nobody's business. Like soups were like magic pots to me. Like I loved it. My teacher would always put me on soups with people. But it took me a really long time to find my feet with cooking. Like it wasn't just a natural fall into it kind of thing. It took me a while to learn how to really understand it. That's fascinating to me. You knew this is where I belong, but the actual skills were just 10,000 hours of hard work. Oh, totally. For sure. And how did you end up... How do you build a name in raw chocolatiering to where people are flying in from all over the world to your, your Honestly, flat Honestly, I, ha- I don't do much. I haven't done much. It's the weirdest <laughs> okay, thing. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Because everybody thing. now, it's like, well, you got to build a platform. you got to yeah, have social no, media channels. you no, got to have... trust me. My dad, when he was... Build your brand. I told him, you know, I said, I'm going to go to Rob's now. Okay, build your brand. <laughs> like, I'm just going to have a... I'm going to have a conversation. I'm not going to build my brand. Um, uh, like, it was... It was a... It's, it, I mean, it's weird when I think back over the, the, the totality of my journey to get to where I am today. I didn't do much. Like I like things just I feel like when you're on the right path, things life gives you what you need. It's yeah. just constantly giving you what you need, whether it's what you want or not. You're always getting what you need. So it was just kind of it refined. Like I was telling Kristen, like early, like it just it was like I worked with a chef who was like, "No, you do raw chocolate really well," and I'm like, "I don't even know what I'm doing." And he's like, "No, no, no, you you got this, Chad Sarno." And shout desserts. out to Chad. Shout out to Chad. Whoa. Um, <laughs> and, and he pushed me where I'd make a dessert and he'd go, it's phenomenal. I think you could do better. And then it would just be like, okay, let me refine this. Let me refine this. Let me refine this. And so it was over the course of a year working for him in London that I got into desserts and chocolate because he put me there. Like I just, he just put me there. Uh, and then when I left there, I went to be a personal chef for a woman in the country. And that's when I started, I was bored because I was only working 15 hours a week from like 90 in a restaurant in London. And I was like, I got to do something. I feel like I'm retiring. So, uh, somebody contacted me and was like, I want to make chocolate. Will you teach me how? And I was like, it's going to be like 300 pounds if you want a private one-to-one. And she's That's like, well, a, a monetary figure, not weight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and she said, can we, if we get more people involved, can you lower the price? And I said, sure. So we got three people for the first class. And then I didn't, I didn't advertise. I never advertised. I just, I had this crappy Weebly website and weebly yeah it was old school weebly (laughs) built this really crappy website i wasn't even giving anything out for free at the time like now it's like newsletters subscriptions free recipes whatever not at all it just it just rolled over one class to the next and and just built and built and built and i never have an empty class like it's and i don't do anything what's the most enjoyable part about it for you um uh there's a lot when people fly over, I think there's this one time, because I have online programs now too. I have a whole online course. So people will do that, and then they come over, and then I open the door, and they're like, I can't believe it's you. And I said, but you did book on my course, yeah? Yeah, 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 but I didn't think you'd answer your own door. I was like, right, okay, coming in. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like a shock, like a star shock, but it's like a more like a, because I've heavily impacted their life in some way where they, f- they have done what they've done because they've felt inspired by me somehow, by me just living my life. Like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just living my life. And they're just totally inspired by What's it. What's that like for you? It's, uh, I don't know how to feel it. 
I don't know how to feel it. Mm. Like it's, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's overwhelming. I don't. I, I, yeah. Wow. What? Um, so, uh, what are? Give me a couple of the foods that a lot of people are eating. That if they would cut those out, they would be. It would be way better. Well, I'll start by saying something that I learned in nutrition school that I loved, which is it's better to add than to take away. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if we're talking about adding foods, it's fresh fruits, vegetables, staying to the outside of the supermarket. The, the you know, like, because oh, that's where all the fresh stuff stays. I never thought about that way. Yeah. Stay to the outside. Yeah, yeah, you know, once I started making cashew cheese in the Vitamix. Look at you with your cashew cheese. Come on. What? Um, <laughs> but once, once I started making this one particular, which was in the Rich and Julie Roll Plant Power book, mm. that was like, this is the best cheese I've had. Mm. So it was literally, that's what has helped me always. Because if you start making a list of what you can't have, yeah. your brain just goes crazy. Absolutely, but if it's like, yeah. but we could make this. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I said it's better to focus on the things that you can have and have a lot of that. So your, so your, which I think is, I mean, that is the thing, is we are, we are lured and seduced and wooed into a better life, in which you sort of you leave these things behind, as opposed to here's what I have to deprive myself of, and then it's yeah. just you against the willpower. Yeah, absolutely. Which I'll I'll, I'll probably fail mm-hmm. unless it's like oh, but I could do this. Mm-hmm. And also not beating yourself up, like you're adding stuff to your diet. Don't worry about the stuff that's still there. And over time, it's just gonna it's gonna fall to the side. But it's really just taking time and giving yourself the time to allow your mind to adjust to a new way of eating. Like I think reading labels is a huge thing. I know people still don't read labels. You know, Michael Pollan's books on eating really helped me. He had that whole thing about don't eat anything that has ingredients in it that your grandmother wouldn't recognize. Absolutely, or that you can't pronounce. Oh, you can't pronounce. And then he has another thing. Don't eat anything that has tons of ingredients. Yeah. Like it only needs a few ingredients yeah. to make it whatever it is. Yeah. Like bread should be. He's the one that did the, the series on uh, Fire, Water, Earth on Netflix, I think. Oh, did he? I that think might, so. That sounds about right. And he made a sourdough bread and he was like, it has three ingredients. And if you look up bread in the supermarket, it is a list like yeah, 50 Xanthan gum. Unbelievable. Sounds like superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just starting there, I think, is a great place to start. Just reading labels and, and getting stuff that has the, the fewest amount of ingredients as possible and then adding fresh fruit, vegetables. This is um, when Kristen and I, we were in Rome and we noticed that the Italians, they'd put out like this, a simple loaf of bread. You'd have pasta with a red sauce. There'd be this one glass of red wine. And we would say like, there's like five ingredients mm. on the table. Mm. But they, salt, olive oil and everything. Mm. It's actually only a couple of ingredients. Yeah, it's beautiful. And yet this is the best thing I've ever tasted. Mm. Um, so you're the leading raw chocolatier in the world. If we came over to your house, what do you have for breakfast? What do you eat for breakfast on a given day? This morning I had banana and coconut butter. And what do you have for lunch? Uh, salad. Like what's in this? Like what? Um, Iceberg lettuce. <laughs> some <laughs> oh, Like dark mixed no. greens. Yep. Nutritional yeast. Yep. Uh, balsamic, olive oil. Uh, grated veggies. And what would you have for dinner? <sighs> Some sort of protein and uh, veggies. What is the food that is going to be the next rage? Because, you know, kale had its day in the sun. Yeah, it did. Cold-pressed juices here in L.A. Mm-hmm. Had, uh, having their moment. You've got, there's always some version of yogurt. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, true. What is the... Thai is coming on strong. Maybe a little Vietnamese here and there. What is the next food that we're all going to be like, oh, no, dude, I got to have... I don't know. I don't know. I, you put me, I feel very pressured now. No, no worries. I have no idea. I mean, the only thing trendy-wise that I can, I can foresee is this black latte th- thing that I saw recently. Black latte. With, like, activated charcoal. There's a dude, uh, a barista in um, Australia, who came up with that after, like, the matcha latte craze and the golden milk situation with turmeric (laughs) that's actually not new like it's ayurvedic and it's hundreds of years old but whatever uh so the black one is apparently sesame seed paste and activated charcoal and milk of some description how um how does how do you activate charcoal oh i don't know it comes activated it comes activated. I don't know a lot about charcoal. I'm tired of this unactivated charcoal. <laughs> this dead Clogging stuff. my pores. <laughs> my grandma used to, remember when my grandma used to make unactivated. So that will, then there'll be, we'll have places around here and there'll be like a little show. There'll be like activated charcoal with I think black be, latte. Yeah, it'll be in the coffee shops. It'll be on Pinterest. It'll be Instagrammed. I'm going to do one, obviously. Has to be done. You're going to do what? I'm going to have to do a black latte. It's just going to be, I'm going to have to Amy it up somehow. <laughs> I'm not sure what it's going to be like just yet. Do you ever, how often do you eat like in a restaurant or you hear about what some other chef is doing and think, oh, I could do that, but I would, I would do it better. Riff better. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess um, anytime I adapt a recipe, I suppose. So like I'll look on Pinterest or I'll look online or I'll go to a place and see something dessert wise and think, oh, I could do that raw. That'd be amazing. If I do that, ooh, that'd be cool. So uh, I get inspired by other chefs, but then I do my own thing. I do it raw. I don't eat out very often because I find it disappointing. Oh, really? Mm. Even like a three Michelin star, like the latest Buzzies restaurant? That's the worst. I can't deal with Michelin star no places. Way. Yeah. So the restaurants that people are like, dude, we got a reservation for nine years from now yeah. for 5 a.m. on a... Tuesday in February yeah, got it. because that place yeah. you're like oh please don't even waste my time no it's not don't waste my time it's just like I mean talk about ingredients that's that's a lot of stuff usually it's like a long tasting menu and it's just I find there's so many ingredients I feel sick by the end of it really yeah I probably only have about 20 ingredients on in my daily diet like I don't eat a great amount of stuff so it's, I'm quite sensitive fascinating now um, people oh by the way are you gonna, are we gonna make some cookies after this? I thought we'd do it after the podcast. Oh, nice. Ladies and gentlemen, I just got really excited. Are <laughs> we going to cook these cookies? Or are they? Yeah, because you don't have a dehydrator, so we're going to have to do cooks. We're actually going to have to cook them. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if people wanted to take an online course from you, let's build this brand. Let's do it. By the way, my first publisher one time said, we want to have a meeting to talk about your brand. And I was like, well, have fun without me. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean my brand? I was like, I'm, I make something... Then I'm going to have an idea, and I'm going to make the next stuff. I was like, the brand is, this guy makes stuff. And he doesn't know what's coming next. He has a bunch of ideas, and one of them, he must like, have it was such a you. surreal sort yeah. of, like, <laughs> my brand. It's so conceived. I don't like it. So let's talk about your brand. Um, people can take uh, online courses from you. Yes, I have online courses. Like, what, what, would, they learn, what would they learn in an online <clears throat> course from you? I have a four-level raw chocolate course that starts from the very fundamentals to more advanced content. I have a, 
I did a um, with a guy named Russell James who has a re- website called The Raw Chef. I did it's in conjunction with him that that course uh, one on fermentation, raw fermentation like cheeses, sauerkraut, salsas, kombucha, water kefir, things like that. And how to make kombucha? Do people how teach people how to make kombucha? Yeah. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then. And then the last one is a desserts program. So he has one uh, desserts at home, I think it's called. And um, I did a I did a, like a segment, like a large segment of of that program as well. Wow. Okay. Can I pitch you an idea? Yeah, please. Let's do a class on tacos. Okay. That's all I got. Like let's like me and you like we're gonna do that. Oh yeah, wouldn't it be great with your newfound skills? I would be like your MC. And I'd be like, <laughs> wait, do you taste this? <laughs> I would. Like, try it and then tell people watching at home, oh, this is the best. Wait till you this taste this. This is what's this. up. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> and then, where do people find you if they want to come to London? Uh, well, you can go on my website and find me at uh, amylevin.co.uk. Um, Amy Levin, L E V I N.co.uk. Correct. Somebody has .com and they want $50,000 for it. It's not going to happen. Oh, my word. Amylevin.com. Yeah. So, if you're listening, I would like that for free. Hey, Amy Levin, we're coming for you. Other Amy Levin. <laughs> Evil Amy. <laughs> Possessive Amy Levin.com. This Amy Levin. And she's the number one raw chocolatier, so she wins. Do not tangle with this woman. <laughs> so that's where you can find me online. And then if you come to London, you can. Um, I'm in Oval, which is just near Brixton, South London. And they can take a class and they can. Take a class, go on my site, book a book a class, you know, shoot me an email, have a little conversation. I do, I do privates. I do bespoke classes as well. So, so somebody can come to you and say, help me with X or Y and you, okay. I'm like, cool. Let's outline that and come on over and let's, let's do it. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, you've so inspired me. That thing that we just made, those doll pancakes. Yes. Fantastic. It's like opened up my, I like, I got all sorts of ideas I want to try with those. You knew I'd love that. I knew you'd love that one because it's versatile. It's a pancake. Who doesn't love pancake? No one right. in the room. Everybody in the room likes pancake. But that's a red lentil onion pancake, which is like a, <laughs> that's just like. Yeah, but Homeboy had it with maple syrup. Yeah, he did kind of mix that up. Yeah, didn't he? <laughs> he mixed and matched a lot. He made it a <laughs> breakfast food. He yes. was brunching it. We have a friend visiting who's like, I could do that. Like, that's got <laughs> onions and red lentils. I'll put syrup on that. Just because we mentioned maple syrup 10 minutes prior, I'm pretty you sure that's why that happened. You can stop thinking about yeah, that's right. maple syrup. Um, <laughs> And, uh, okay, and, and are there any books that you recommend to people? Uh, How to Be Here. Oh. <laughs> what is the Bible? The new one coming out. <laughs> Life is God or something like that. Elvis something. <laughs> that is good. That is, I did not, that is funny. That is good. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on the Robcast. You're, you're very, very inspiring to me. And, um... I think you are, I think what happened in the modern world with the invention of machines Mm -hmm. is you had the lever, the pulley, the button, and the way that you build complicated, fantastic machines is you break reality down into its smallest parts. Mm -hmm. So we have been swimming for 300 years in this scientific movement, which has been fantastic. Hospitals, airplanes, 10,000 songs in our pockets. But it also, its specialty is it takes things apart in order to understand how to build things. But then what happens is you have lots of people who the integration it's parts, not holes. And uh, obviously what you're seeing and what I'm seeing is this growing awareness that we are this seamless unity related to everything else. 
and that what you eat and your spirit and how you see the world are all one giant, beautiful, highly calibrated hairball. Uh, you know what I mean? And I see more people realizing, oh, when I consciously take better care of myself and eat things that are closer to how they came out of the earth, then all these other areas in my life start to like wake up. Mm, and you to me are like an innovator way out front. Because if you can make chocolate good for us, <laughs> that that's heaven crashing into earth right there. I don't need an apocalypse. I just need chocolate that's good for me. And I'm pretty much... We're going to be fine. <laughs> I can be your supplier for that. <laughs> I'll leave you my business card. So thank you. Thank Grace you. Grace and peace, my friends.